You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Mammals. Are any vertebrates within the class Mammalia? From Latin mama, meaning breast, a clade of endothermic amnoids distinguished from reptiles, including birds, by the possession of a neocortex, which is a region of the brain, hair, three middle ear bones, and mammary glands. Females of all mammal species nurse their young with milk, secreted from the mammary glands. Mammals include the biggest animals on the planet, the great whales. The basic body type is a terrestrial quadruped, but some mammals are adapted for life at sea, in the air, underground, or on two legs. The largest group of mammals, the placentials, have a placenta, which enables the feeding of the fetus during gestation. Mammals range in size from 1.2 to 1.6 inches, which is the bumblebee bat, to 98 feet, which is the blue whale. With the exception of the five species of monotremes, monotremes are egg-laying mammals. All modern mammals give birth to live young. Most mammals, including the six most species-rich orders, belong to the placential group. The largest orders are the rodents, bats, Sauricomorpha, which comprises shrews and allies, 
Then there's the next three biggest orders, depending on biological classification scheme used, are the primates, the Centaurodactyla, which are whales and even toad ungulates, and the carnivora, which is cats, dogs, seals. Living mammals are divided into the Unothera, which is the platypus and echidnas, and the Theriformes, which are all other mammals. There are around 5,450 species of mammal, depending on which authority is cited. In some classifications, extant mammals are divided into sub two subclasses. The Prototheria, that is the order Monotremata, and the Theria, or the infraclasses Metatheria and Eutheria. The marsupials constitute the crown group of the Metatheria and include all living Metatherians as well as many extinct ones. The placentials are the crown group of the Eutheria, while mammal classification at the family level has been relatively stable. Several contending classifications regarding the higher levels, subclass, infraclass, and order, especially the marsupials, appear in contemporaneous literature. Much of the changes reflect the advances of the cladistic analysis and molecular genetics. Findings from molecular genetics, for example, have prompted adopting new groups as, such as the Afrotheria and abandoning traditional groups such as Insectivora. The mammals represent the only living Synapsida, which together with the Sauropodsida form the Amniota clade. The early Synapsida mammalian ancestors were Siphonacodont pelicosaurus, a group that produced the non-mammalian Dimetrodon. At the end of the Carboniferous period, this group diverged from the Seropusids line that led to today's reptiles and birds. The line following the stem group Cephna acondatia split off several diverse groups of non-mammalian synapsids, sometimes referred to as mammal-like reptiles, before giving rise to the proto-mammals, known as Therisopodacida, in the early Mesozoic era. The modern mammalian orders arose in the Paleogene and Neogene periods of the Cenozoic era, after the extinction of non-avian dinosaurs and have been among the dominant terrestrial animal group from 66 million years ago to the present. Some mammals are intelligent, with some possessing large brains, self-awareness, and tool use. 
mammals can communicate and vocalize in several different ways, including the production of ultrasound, scent marking, alarm signals, singing, and echolocation. Mammals can organize themselves into fission-fusion societies, harems, and hierarchies, but can also be solitary and territorial. Most mammals are polygynous, but some can be monogamous or polyandrous. In human culture, domesticated mammals played a major role in the Neolithic Revolution, causing farming to replace hunting and gathering, and leading to a major restructuring of human societies with the first civilizations. They provide and continue to provide power for transport and agriculture, as well as various commodities such as meat, dairy products, wool, and leather. Mammals are hunted or raced for sport and are used as model organisms in science. Mammals have been depicted in art since Paleolithic times and appear in literature, film, mythology, and religion. Defaunation of mammals is primarily driven by anthropogenic factors such as poaching and habitat destruction, though there are efforts to combat this. The Rise of Mammals Therian mammals took over the medium to large size ecological niches in the Cenozoic after the Cretaceous Palagene extinction event emptied ecological space once filled by non-avian dinosaurs and other groups of reptiles as well as various other mammal groups and underwent an exponential increase in body size. Then, mammals diversified very quickly. Both birds and mammals show an exceptional rise in diversity. For example, the earliest known bat dates back from about 50 million years ago, only 16 million years after the extinction of the dinosaur. Molecular phylogenetic studies initially suggested that most placential orders diverged about 100 to 85 million years ago, and that modern families appeared in the period from the late Eocene through the Miocene. However, no placential fossils have been found from them before to the end of the Cretaceous. The earliest undisputed fossils of placentials comes from the early Paleocene, after the extinction of the dinosaurs. In particular, scientists have identified an early Paleocene animal named Protoglontinum dana as one of the first placential mammals. However, it has been reclassified as a non-placential eutherian. Recalibrations of genetic and morphological diversity rates have suggested a late Cretaceous origin for placentials and a Paleocene origin for most modern clades. 
the earliest known ancestor of primates is Archibus Achilles from around 55 million years ago. This tiny, tiny primate weighed between half an ounce to one an ounce to one ounce and could fit in the human palm. Living mammal species can be identified by the presence of sweat glands, including those that are specialized to produce milk to nourish their young. In classifying fossils, however, other features must be used since soft tissue glands and many other features are not visible in fossils. Many traits shared by all living mammals appeared among the earliest members of the group. The jaw joint, known as the dentari, the lower jaw bone, which carries the teeth, and the squamosal, a small cranial bone, meet to form the joint. In most nathostomes, including therapids, the joint consists of the articular, which is a small bone at the back of the lower jaw and a quadrate, a small bone at the back of the upper jaw also. Next distinguishing characteristic is the middle ear. The middle ear in mammals, in crown group mammals specifically, sound is carried by, from the eardrum by a chain of three bones, the malus, the incis, and the stapes. Ancestry, the malus and the incis are derived from the articular and the quadrate bones that constituted the jaw joint of the early therapsids. The next mammal distinguishing feature is tooth replacement. Teeth are replaced once or, as in tooth whales and murid rodents, not at all rather than being replaced continually throughout life. Next is prismatic enamel. The enamel coating on the surface of a mammal's tooth consists of prisms, solid rod-like structures extending from the dentin to the tooth surface. And finally, there's the occipital condyles two knobs at the base of the skull fit into the topmost neck vertebrae. Most other tetrapods, in, in contrast, have only one such knob. For the most part, these characteristics were not present in the Triassic ancestors of the mammals. Nearly all mammaliforms possess an eupubic bone the exception being modern placentials. The majority of mammals have seven cervical vertebrae, or bones in the neck, including bats, giraffes, whales, and humans. The exceptions are the manatee and the two-toed sloth, 
which have just six, and the three-toed sloth, which has nine cervical vertebrae. All mammalian brains possess a neocortex, a brain region unique to mammals. Placentia mammals have a corpus callosum, unlike monotremes and marsupials. The lungs of mammals are spongy and honeycombed. Breathing is mainly achieved with the diaphragm, which divides the thorax from the abdominal cavity, forming a dome convex to the thorax. Contractions of the diaphragm flattens the dome, increasing the volume of lung cavity. Air enters through the oral and nasal cavities and travels through the larynx, trachea, and bronchi, and expands the alveoli. Relaxing the diaphragm has the opposite effect, decreasing the volume of the lung cavity, causing air to be pushed out of the lungs. During exercise, the abdominal wall contracts, increasing pressure on the diaphragm which forces air out quicker and more forcefully. The rib cage is able to expand and contract the chest cavity through the action of other respiratory muscles. Consequently, air is sucked in or expelled out of the lungs, always moving down its pressure gradient. This type of lung is known as a bellows lung due to its resemblance to blacksmith bellows. The mammalian heart has four chambers, two upper atria, the receiving chambers, and two lower ventricles, the discharging chambers. The heart has four valves, which separate its chambers and ensures blood flows in the correct direction through the heart, preventing backflow. After gas exchange in the pulmonary capillaries, which are the blood vessels in the lungs, oxygen-rich blood returns to the left atrium via one of the four pulmonary veins. Blood flows nearly continuously back into the atrium, which acts as the receiving chamber, and from here through an opening into the left ventricle. Most blood flows passively into the heart, while both the atria and ventricles are relaxed. But, Toward the end of the ventri ventricle relaxation period, the left atrium will contract, pumping blood into the ventricle. The heart also requires nutrients and oxygen found in blood, like other muscles, and is supplied via coronary arteries. The 
integumentary system is made up of three layers, the outermost epidermis, the dermis, and the hypodermis. The epidermis is typically 10 to 30 cells thick. Its main function is to provide a waterproof layer. Its outermost cells are constantly lost. Its bottommost cells are constantly dividing and pushing upward. The middle layer, the dermis, is 15 to 40 times thicker than the epidermis. The dermis is made up of many components, such as a bony structure and blood vessels. The hypodermis is made up of adipose tissue, which stores lipids and provides cushioning and insulation. The thickness of this layer varies widely from species to species. Marine mammals require a thick hypodermis, or what's known as blubber for insulation. And right whales have the thickest blubber at 20 inches. Although other animals have features such as whiskers, feathers, that superficially resemble it, no animals other than mammals have hair. It is a definitive characteristic of the class. Though some mammals have very little, careful examination reveals the characteristic, often in obscure parts of the body. Herbivores have developed a diverse range of physical structures to facilitate the consumption of plant material. To break up intact plant tissues, mammals have developed teeth structures that reflect their feeding preferences. For instance, frugivores, animals that feed primarily on fruit, and herbivores that feed on soft foliage have low crown teeth specialized for grinding foliage and seeds. Grazing animals that tend to eat hard, silica-rich grasses have high crown teeth, which are capable of grinding through tough plant tissues and do not wear down as quickly as low crown teeth. Most carnivorous mammals have carnaacillomiform teeth of varying length depending on diet, long canines, and similar tooth replacement patterns. The stomach of artiodactyls is divided into four sections the rumen, the reticulum, the omasum, and the abomasum. Only ruminants have a rumen. After the plant material is consumed, it is mixed with saliva in the rumen and reticulum and separates into solid and liquid materials. The solids lump together to form a bolus or cud 
and is regurgitated. When the bolus enters the mouth, the fluid is squeezed out with the tongue and swallowed again. Ingested food passes to the rumen and reticulum where cellulitic microbes, bacteria, protozoa, and fungi produce cellulase, which is needed to break down the cellulose in plants. Parasodectylus, in contrast to the ruminants, store digested food that has left the stomach in an enlarged sexium, which is fermented by bacteria. Carnivoria have a simple stomach adapted to digest primarily meat as compared to the elaborate digestive systems of herbivore animals, which are necessary to break down tough, complex plant fibers. The caseum is either absent or short and simple, and the large intestine is not sacculated or much wider than the small intestine. The mammalian excretory system involves many components. Like most other land mammals, mammals are uretelic and convert ammonia into urea, which is done by the liver as part of the urea cycle. Bilirubin, a waste product derived from blood cells, is passed through bile and urine with the help of enzymes excreted by the liver. The passing of bilirubin via bile through the intestinal tract gives mammalian feces a distinctive brown coloration. Distinctive features of the mammalian kidney include the presence of the renal pelvis and the renal pyramids and of a clearly distinguishable cortex and medulla, which is due to the presence of elongated loops of Henle. Only the mammalian kidney has a bean shape, although there are some exceptions such as the multi-lobed, renculated kidneys of pinnipeds, cetaceans, and bears. Most adult placental mammals have no remaining trace of the cloaca. In the embryo, the embryonic cloaca divides into a posterior region that becomes part of the anus and an anterior region that has differing fates depending on the sex of the individual. In females, it develops into the vestibule that receives the urethra and vagina, while in males it forms in the entirety of the penal urethra. However, the tenrex, golden moles, and some shrews retain a cloaca as adults. 
In marsupials, the genital tract is separate from the anus, but a trace of the original cloaca does remain externally. Monotremes, which translates from the Greek into single whole, have a true cloaca. As in all other tetrapods, mammals have a larynx that can quickly open and close to produce sounds and a supralaryngeal vocal tract which filters the sound. The lungs and surrounding musculature provide the air and pressure required to phonate. The larynx controls the pitch and volume of sound, but the strength the lungs exert to exhale also contributes to the volume. More primitive mammals, such as the echidna, can only hiss as sound is achieved solely through exhaling through a partially closed larynx. Other mammals phonate using vocal folds as opposed to the vocal cords seen in birds and reptiles. The movement or tension tenseness of the vocal folds can result in many sounds such as purring, and screaming. Mammals can change the position of the larynx, allowing them to breathe through the nose while swallowing through the mouth, and to create both oral and nasal sounds. Nasal sounds such as a dog whine are generally soft sounds, and oral sounds such as a dark dog bark are generally loud. Some mammals have a large larynx and thus a low-pitched voice, namely the hammer-headed bat, where the larynx can take up the entirety of the thoracic cavity while pushing the lungs, hearts, and trachea into the abdomen. Large local pads can also lower the pitch, as in the low-pitched roars of big cats. The production of infrasound is possible in some mammals, such as the African elephant and baleen whales. Small mammals with small larynxes have the ability to produce ultrasound, which can be detected by modifications to the middle ear and cochlea. Ultrasound is inaudible to birds and reptiles, which might have been important during the Mesoic period when birds and reptiles were the dominant predators. This private channel is used by some rodents in, for example, mother-to-pup communication and bats when echolocating. Toothed whales also use echolocation, but as opposed to the vocal membrane that extends upward from the vocal folds, they have a melon to manipulate sound. Some mammals, namely the primates, have air sacs attached to the larynx, 
which may function to increase the volume of sound. The vocal production system is controlled by the cranial nerve nucleus in the brain and supplied by the recurrent laryngeal nerve and the superior laryngeal nerve, branches of the vagus nerve. The vocal tract is supplied by the hypoglossal nerve and facial nerves. Electrical simulation of the periaqueductal gray region of the mammalian midbrain elicit vocalizations. The ability to learn new vocalizations is only exemplified in humans, seals, cetaceans, and possibly bats. In humans, this is the result of direct connection between the motor cortex, which controls movement, and the motor neurons in the spinal cord. Next, we move on to fur. The fur of mammals has many uses, protection, sensory purposes, waterproofing, and camouflage, with the primary usage being thermoregulation. The types of hair include definitive which may be shed after reaching a certain length, vibrissae, which are sensory hairs and are most commonly whiskers, pelage, which consist of guard hairs, under fur, and on hair, spines, which are a type of stiff guard hair used for defense, an example, porcupines, Bristles, which are long hairs usually used in visual single signals, such as the mane of a lion. Veli, often called down fur, which insulates newborn mammals. And wool, which is a long, soft, and often curly. Hair length is negligible in thermal regulation as some tropical mammals, such as sloths, have the same length of fur length as some arctic mammals, but with less insulation. And conversely, other tropical mammals have short hair, have the same insulating values as arctic mammals. The denseness of fur can increase an animal's insulation value, and arctic mammals especially have dense fur. For example, the musk ox has guard hairs measuring 12 inches, as well as a dense underfur, which forms an airtight coat, allowing them to survive in temperatures of minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Some desert mammals, such as camels, use dense fur to prevent solar heat from reaching their skin, allowing the animal to stay cool. 
A camel's fur may reach 158 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer, but the skin stays at 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Aquatic mammals conversely trap air in their fur to conserve heat by keeping the skin dry. Mammalian coats are colored for a variety of reasons. The major selection pressures include camouflage, sexual selection, communication, and physiological processes such as temperature regulation. Camouflage is a powerful influence in a large number of mammals, as it helps to conceal individuals from predators or prey. Aposomatism, warning off possible predators, is the most likely explanation of the black and white pliage of many mammals, which are able to defend themselves, such as the foul-smelling skunk and the powerfully and aggressive honey badger. In Arctic and subarctic mammals, such as the Arctic fox, collared lemming, stoat, and snowshoe hare, seasonal colors change between brown in the summer and white in the winter is driven largely by camouflage. Differences in female and male coat color may indicate nutrition and hormone levels important in mate selection. Some arboreal mammals, notably primates and marsupials, have shades of violet, green, or blue skin on parts of their body, indicating some distinct advantage in their largely arboreal habitat due to convergent evolution. The green coloration of sloths, however, is the result of a symbiotic relationship with al algae. Coat color is sometimes sexually dimorphic, as in many primate species. Coat color may influence the ability to retain heat depending on how much light is reflected. Mammals with a darker colored coat can absorb more heat from solar radiation and stay warmer. And some smaller mammals, such as voles, have darker fur in the winter. The white pigmentless fur of Arctic mammals, such as the polar bear, may reflect more solar radiation directly onto the skin. Most mammals are viparous, giving birth to live young. However, five species of monotreme, the platypus and four species of echidna, lay eggs. The monotremes have a sex determination system different from that of most other mammals. In particular, the sex chromosomes of a platypus are more like those of a chicken than those of a therian mammal.
Viviparous mammals are in the subclass Theria, whose those living today are in the marsupial and placential infraclasses. Marsupials have a short gestation period, typically shorter than its estrous cycle, estrous cycle, and gives birth to an undeveloped newborn that then undergoes further development. In many species, this takes place within a pouch-like sac, the marsupium, located in the front of the mother's abdomen. This is the plesiomorphic condition among viverparous mammals. The presence of epipubic bones in all non-placential mammals prevents the expansion of the torso needed for full pregnancy. Even non-placential eutherians probably reproduced this way. The placentials give birth to relatively complete and develop young, usually after long gestation periods. They get their name from the placenta, which connects the developing fetus to the uterine wall to allow nutrient uptake. The mammary glands of mammals are specialized to produce milk the primary source of nutrition for newborns. The monotremes branched early from other mammals and do not have the nipple seen in most mammals, but they do have mammary glands. The young lick the milk from the mammary patch on the mother's belly. Nearly all mammals are endothermic or warm-blooded. Most mammals also have hair to help keep them warm. Like birds, mammals can forage or hunt in weather and climates too cold for ectothermic or cold-blooded reptiles and insects. Endothermy requires plenty of food energy, so mammals eat more food per unit of body weight than most reptiles. Small insectivorous mammals eat prodigious amounts for their size. A rare exception, the naked mole rat produces little metabolic heat, so it is considered an operational pulchiliotherm. Birds are also endothermic, so endothermy is not unique to mammals. Most vertebrates, the amphibians, the reptiles, and some mammals, such as humans and bears, are plantigrade, walking on the whole of the underside of the foot. Many mammals, such as cats and dogs, are digitigrade, walking on their toes the greater stride length allowing more speed. Digit-grade mammals are also, also often adept at quiet movement. Some animals, such as horses, are ungla-grade, walking on the tips of their toes.
This even further increases their stride length and thus their speed. A few mammals, namely the great apes, are also known to walk on their knuckles, at least for their front legs. Giant anteaters and platypuses are also knuckle walkers. Some mammals are bipeds, using only two limbs for locomotion, which can be seen in, for example, humans and the great apes. Bipedal species have a larger field of vision than quadrupeds, conserve more energy, and have the ability to manipulate objects with their hands, which aids in foraging. Instead of walking, some bipeds hop, such as kangaroos and kangaroo rats. Animals will use different gates for different speeds, terrains, and situations. For example, horses show four natural gates. The slowest horse gait is the walk. Then there are three faster gaits, which, from slowest to fastest, are the trot, the canter, and the gallop. Animals may also have unusual gaits that are used occasionally, such as for moving sideways or backwards. For example, the main human gaits are bipedal walking and running, but they employ many other gaits occasionally, including a four-legged crawl in tight spaces. Mammals show a vast range of gaits. The order that they place and lift their appendages in locomotion. In locomotion. Gates can be grouped into categories according to their patterns of support sequence. For quadrupeds, there are three main categories. Walking gates, running gates, and leaping gates. Walking is the most common gait, where some feet are on the ground at any given time, and found in almost all legged animals. Running is considered to occur when at some points in the stride all feet are off the ground in a movement of suspension. Arboreal animals frequently have elongated limbs that help them cross gaps, reach fruit or other resources, test the firmness of support ahead and in some cases to brachiate or swing between trees. Many arboreal species such as tree porcupines, silky anteaters, spider monkeys, and possums use prehensile tails to grasp branches. In the spider monkey, the tip of the tail has either a bare patch or an adhesive pad, which provides increased friction.
claws can be used to interact with rough substrates and reorient the direction of forces the animal applies. This it would allow squirrels to climb tree trunks that are so large to be essentially flat from the perspective of such a small animal. Your journey is now ending. the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.